Okay, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to we're back in the book of Mitzia. Um So I want to try and start with the shear that integrates every, everywhere we were, and then try and at least tonight to begin to make the connection to the start stuff we did about Koli Hara and show how it and show how it relates to what we're doing. So we started a number of weeks ago before the break for Koli Hara with Yerushalmi. And Yerushalmi presented a machloket between Rav and, well, Yerushalmi presented positions of Rav and Rav Yochanan that in at least one case led to differing outcomes, we call an afkamina. Um, right? We don't know exactly what the, what context Rav and Rav Yochanan's statements are made in because they're brought in the Yerushalmi about a Mishnah, but many of the commentators interpret them as disagreeing with the Mishnah as opposed to commenting on the Mishnah or, not comment, or utterly unrelated to the Mishnah except in the same basic universe. So we don't really, right, we don't really know that. And the language of the Yerushalmi doesn't present it as a direct machloket, um, right, because the second position is presented with Amar, Rav Yochanan, as opposed to Rav Yochanan Amar. But the Yerushalmi does make clear that there is a single nafkamina. Um, so we'll have to, we have to take that nafkamina into account. So I set it up that there were at least two ways of thinking about what the machloket is. Right? The way, right, at the minimal level, Rav says that there is something which is best explained by recourse to a verse which says that Jews can't bite each other. Jews can't bite each other. Whereas Rav Yochanan said that um, presumably that same phenomenon is best explained by, um, by recourse to claiming that we are in the context of Evadivris, right? So he set them up, those up as opposing paradigms. One, right, Rav said, Rav said that whatever we're explaining is best explained by saying that you're not allowed to be an Evid. And Rav Yochanan said it's best explained by saying that you are an Evid. Okay, so we said we can set it up conceptually. Um, and conceptually, the way we framed it is, right, Yisrael Konin means that what we look at here is saying that Jews cannot be in a relationship which is described as ownership. Right, and that's what the core issue is. Whereas uh, Rav Yochanan says that the fundamental... Um, Relationship is something in the realm of right, uh, in the realm of Abdus. So the way that was uh, right, the way that was set up um, most simply was to claim. I'm going to reverse it. That Rav Yochanan said that the rule of Eved Ivri is that we cannot compel absolute specific performance. Right, the Eved Ivri is allowed to buy themselves out. So too, workers must be able to buy themselves out. Okay, now the Nesivos the showed that there were ways that, right, that if you just frame it that way, you just frame it conceptually as to what happened here. So we say what happens here is a ban on a Kenyan relationship, what happens is a ban on specific performance. So then we can, um, right, so then we can come up with ways in which that benefits the employer and ways in which that benefits the employee. Uh, right, what happens if the price of labor changes, what happens if you were paid in advance. Right, those were all, uh, right, those were all possible, um, possible nafkaminas. Okay, um, all right, the Nesiva set it up in the Ksos, and he claims there's a Machloket, which, uh, right, which means that he thinks that, these, as we move into Torah, he thinks that the Machloket Rav and Rav Yochanan is not resolved halachically in the Talmudic era. Both positions survive. It's legitimate for Achronim to take, right, Rishonim and Achronim to take either side. Um, right, and we're still fighting it down for the ages unless we want to start, start applying uh, post-Talmudic principles as to who, right, as to, as to who holds what. Okay, uh, I argued that uh, right that uh, that as opposed to framing it in terms of uh, right, you can't have a Kenyan, you can't have a Kenyan, but that Kenyan is limited in specific ways, right, of the rules of Aldous, that we can look at it morally, and claim that uh, that one way of framing it is 
that the goal is to ensure that no relationship level, right, Avdus is the thing which we have to avoid at all costs, as opposed to saying Avdus is the paradigm. And those are two different ways of, right, two different ways of thinking about it, all sorts of, right, and, and so we gave one possible um, interesting nafkamina is the, right, is um, the Rama versus the Ravid about partnerships, right, what, right, partnerships is a relationship of mutual slavery, well, that's bad if we if we're opposed to right, if we're opposed to slavery, or it's right. What's the problem, right? So we'll, we'll just control both. Right? We'll just control both, um, right? Both both right? specific, specific performance in the context of partnerships. Other kinds of issues could be nafkaminas there. Okay. Then I tr- I try to um, to make a more radical step. Okay. Having set set up those two models, I try to make a more radical step. to say that maybe Ravan or Yochanan, even though the Rishami presents them. As disagreeing in the specific in a spe- on a specific issue, which is whether uh, the balabayas can be chozer bow or not, Yerushalmi says the Rav says the balabayas can be chozer bow, and Rav Yochanan says he can't. But that fundamentally, maybe they're not disagreeing. Maybe they're adding layers to each other. Maybe what we do is we we view you as either right. We view as either like uh, like an evid, or we try and prevent an evid, whichever way, right, whichever 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 way we can. Um, right, whichever way is to the advantage of the of the employer, whichever way is the. Um, do you have a sheet? sheet sorry, I have from last week. I uh, need one. So I'll use the one on computer. Um, okay, um, right. So I wanted to argue that there, that we should be looking since the, since there's no sock on the machloket in the anywhere in the Gemara, and uh, right, both options are left, and the language isn't necessarily the machloket. Maybe we could try an additive procedure. Right? That's where we're not saying what Andy's saying. Because <laughs> we could do it the other way around. Right? We could claim that we do it. we're trying to protect employers, but it's hard to say that the Pasuk Yilim Nisrael Abadim is aimed at protecting, uh, protecting employers. So I suggested that maybe, uh, right, maybe, maybe we say that, look, A, we don't want anything that is real Abdul, and B, right, if we, right, when, whenever we get into a context that's sort of too close to Abdul, we want it constrained by the rules of Abdul. Put them both together. What I argued was that the Marami Rotenberg might take that position that the right that the two positions are mostly additive as opposed to mutually exclusive. And so if we take a look at the bottom of page one, Marami Rotenberg um, says, and all the advantages of an evidivri, all the leniences of an evidivri, all the things that favor an employee in the context of evidivri, get transferred to actual employees by a kalvachomer, he says. Because an, right, an eved has a, right, has a demerit that he sold himself. You're not supposed to sell yourself. It's also to sell yourself except in the, right, the last extremists. Uh, right, how that, right, or you shouldn't have stolen the thing which gets you to be sold by Beitin, which may be the specific context we're talking about, right, depending which one you want. So, Maram says, so a slave, you could say conceivably, to some extent deserves or even needs to be controlled by somebody else. But a, um, right, but an employee hasn't done anything wrong. So therefore, says Maram, all the benefits of every accord to an employee, Mikal Bechomer, which means we might also have some that come from Right, that comes from the uh, prevention of this. Okay. Um, all right, so that's our first stage, right? What I wanted to suggest is Machlokas, Rav and there's, there's There are two positions, Rav and the Yerushalmi, and maybe 
where we're going to end up doing is taking both positions as true and not having to choose among them. Okay, and the way we choose both principles makes it clear where we're going. Right, an employee has to have all the advantages of an Evan Ivory plus. That's the Mar That's what I'm arguing is the, Mar is the Mar position. Okay, so then we pointed out that um, in the Babli, right? So we're in the Rishalmi, but right, the, the elephant in the room always is, well, what does the Babli do with this? Right, why are we discussing Machlokas, Machlokas Yerushalmi as if there was nothing in the Babli about it, right? This isn't talking about Zerayim or, or, right, where there's nothing in the, in the, um, in the, I don't have another copy, see my way. Okay, um, right, so, right, we're not, we're not in the, we're not in the realm of, the, of, of Zerayim. We expect the Babli to have something. In fact, the Babli does have something. The, the, uh, the Babli has a statement by Rav which says, Right, that shows up in three or four places in the Babli. Okay, now let's recall. In the Yerushalmi, the nafkinia between Rav and Rav Yochanan is that Rav says the poel, the employee, and the employer can be chozerbo. Rav Yochanan says only the employee can be chozerbo. In the Bavli, Rav says the employee can be chozerbo and does not tell you what he thinks about the employer. So we could read Rav in the way the Yerushalmi, in the Bavli, the way the Yerushalmi read him and say when Rav, Rav says the poel can be, the poel can uh, right back out of an agreement, but the employer can't. Or we could re re say that there's no reason to import the Yerushalmi into the Bavli, and Rav says the employee, the, the employee can't, and neither can the employee can, and so can the employer. Okay, we don't know which one. We don't know which one the Bavli means when it quotes Rav. Now, when the when the Bavli quotes Rav, uh, it doesn't quote him directly with a source. Yes, Mary. Sorry, my fault, right? Backwards around here, right? Yes. I got it backwards. Yes, thank you. Right? But either way, we don't write the... Rav is the one who says both, and Rav Yochanan says, says that right, only one, because the Evid can, can, can back out, but the owner can't. Right? Thank you. Yes. So, but, does that mean, so you're saying the Bobbly, Bobbly were not... Otherwise, Rav doesn't say anything explicitly about the... Right. So we don't know... Yeah. Right, in, what, in what the Yerushalmi presents as a nafkamina between Rav and Rav Yochanan, uh, we don't know which way Rav holds so in the Bobbly. Only the employee can. Right. Could be, right? Well, the, so we'll say there's no mention explicitly of Rav Yochanan's position anywhere in the Bavli. So what Yerushalmi has as a machloket, right, the Bavli only has this one position. And what's interesting also is that the, um, the Bavli doesn't quote, the Bavli actually doesn't quote Rav as supporting any, with any supporting source at all. But twice in the conversation about Rav, it attaches Rav to the verse Kilei Yisrael Avadim, which is the same verse that the Yerushalmi quotes for him. But it doesn't quote the derivation in the same way. In the Yerushalmi, the derivation is Ein Yisrael Konim Zeet Zeet. Jews can't buy each other. In the Babli, the derivation is Avadaihem Avadim Avadim. So in terms of the way I set it up initially, right? If you want to frame it conceptually, so the Yerushalmi frames it conceptually. Ein Yisrael Konim Zeet Zeet. There's no Kinyan. But the Bavli frames it morally. You can't be slaves. It's not about a technical factor of acquisition. It's about slavery. Um, right? So the language of the supporting derivation in the Bavli does not necessarily lead one to, right, to the conclusion that Rav is understood in the Bavli in the same way as Yerushalmi. Can, can you explain the difference between that? I didn't, I, I didn't understand why the... Right. So Nesivus says that what Rav says is just there's no Kenyan, right? So whenever we look at it in a relationship, an employer-employee relationship, we start off by the, with the presupposition that you can't own each other, and then let the chips fall where they may. 
right? That can have that can have a consequence that makes it easier for the employee to leave or harder for the employee to leave, depending whether prices go up or down. Right? Right? So the Nesivos fits well with the Rushalmi's language that Rav says the only issue right we say is there can't be slavery, therefore there can't be a Kenyan. And once we've gotten rid of the problem of Kenyan, we don't think about consequences in, right, morally at all. We just think about consequences conceptually. Whereas the Bavli says, So the Bavli can look at it consequentially. Do you end up in a situation that we regard as slavery or not? Okay, so right, so it's not, obvi- it's not obvious that the Bavli will y- draw the same conclusions from Rav as the Yerushalmi does, because the Bavli may, even though they have the same verse, but they understand the verse differently, you could argue that the Bavli understands the verse as a moral imperative, whereas the Yerushalmi understands the verse simply as making a technical result, and once we've satisfied the technical result, that's all we need to do. You don't own each other, you're not slaves. Okay, whereas, from a consequentialist approach, there are lots of ways in which you can be slaves without being owned. Okay, and maybe there are even ways in which you can be owned without being a slave, like being partners. Right? Okay. So now, uh, right, so to point out the problem here, so I want to go back to the Maharam for, uh, for a moment. We're still at the bottom, at the bottom of, um, of page one. Um, so the Maharam says, let's watch what he says carefully, right? The Kashilan, well, Poel Yeshlo Din Evidivri. Poel Yeshlo Din Evidivri, that is a quote of Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, right? The Baha'i Tam Amrinan, Poel Yochalach Zerbo Afila Bechatsi Hayom. The reason we say that a Poel can be Chozerbo is because a Poel has a Din of Evidivri. The Alfidan love Din Evidivri, right? Uh, the Yosemite Giron Kesev goes just like an Evidivri can pay, right, can pay it off, so to a worker can pay off the rest of their uh, work in an edge and therefore not accept the money, right? The whole Kulid Evidivri, Yavidan Lepoil, be called the we did that already. Hashta Evidivri, the Avadi Surah, the Avar Al, Kilibri Israel Vadim. So whose Pasuk does he quote? The Bafis. And Ravs. Right, now he quotes the Limit in an entirely different way than we saw it, right? We saw. We saw learning Jews can't own each other, right? Can't own each other. That's Yerushalmi. We saw, right? We, t- we talked about, and you can't be slaves to others, right? That, as a result, that's the Bavli. Maram quotes it in a different way, which was also found in the Bavli. It's that you're not allowed to sell each other. But at the end of the day, he quotes Rav's pasuk to reach Rav Yochanan's result. So I think that is a very there's a very reasonable claim. That the Maharam is taking the position I'm arguing as right as the, the third way, which is that we rule like both Rav and Rav Yochanan. Our goal is both to prevent slavery and to make sure that employment is protected in all the ways slavery is, right, as opposed to having to choose among those positions. Okay, that still raises the question of well, what do we do? Lalachas? It's a Maharam. Okay, Maharam is important, but right, but at least at this stage, I want to argue that we that coming out of the Bavli and Yerushalmi, as far as we know. That is a plausible alternative and the only one we've actually seen taken explicitly by Arisha. Uh, of course, you know, it's the only one I'm showing you. <laughs> uh, right? So you have to be a little careful about that. Um, okay, so now, um, right, what I want to argue is, well, so the Nasibo set lots of stuff up as disputes between, right, he holds like Rav and he holds like, he holds like Rav Yochanan. But he also does, he doesn't find anybody else quoting Rav Yochanan, so my suspicion is that really in the Bavli you have to function within Rav, and then, right, and Rav Yochanan has to somehow fit into Rav to count at all. Okay, that's the, that's the, the way we set it up um, three weeks ago. 
Uh, I want to put in one tangent now for a sec, which isn't on the sheet, but because I want to, I want to foreshadow what may happen in a few weeks. Um, okay, so I wanted to argue that there was a sort of extreme version, and extreme version is to say that um, maybe just as the right, if you take the position balabayit eno chozerbo, that right, that the worker can 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 back out, but the employer, but the employer can't. And if you derive that position by analogy to Eved Ivri, then maybe you can't free an Eved Ivri against his will. Right. right. So I want to take, right, take that as an... All right, and, that would, right, and that would itself be a... Right, you know, that, that'll, that'll reverberate, because now we have a really interesting concept of Eved Ivri, where the concept of Eved Ivri is, in Eved Ivri there are obligations both ways, and one side can get out of the obligations and one side can't. And if we understand Ebed Ivri that way, right, that, right, that it's not just the contractual relationship one side can break without penalty and the other side can't, but it's that one side has obligations that they can end voluntarily and the other side can't. And we take that as a model for employer-employee relationships, right, that would have very interesting and radical results. Right, so I want to set that out. That was um, properly questioned. Uh, Rabbi Arya Bernstein wrote me a letter uh, challenging it, and I'm hoping that somewhere in the country this year I will be able to demonstrate at least the viability of that position. Uh, I have, I have the, the makings of an argument yet, but I think I overread the evidence we had, so I want to put it out. I said it, and I'm not sure yet I can prove it. I can prove that there's a machloket about, uh, in one context, I'm not sure I can prove it far, um, far enough. Okay, moving to background. So one issue that I asked at the very outset, which I think is important all the way through, is do we view employer-employee relationships as fundamentally just part of contract law, or do we view them as a unique area of law? Right, and then you can see how that's going to play out, right? If you if you view them as just as right, they're just ordinary contract law. Just there's a detail you can't, right? You can't frame the contract as a purchase of the other person. Okay, the contract can't rise to the level of, of slavery, right? That would be one way of doing it. And the other way, which is what I'm arguing, right? You know, more moral position is to say no, right? It's just a whole different field. Uh, right? You can't assume that any of the laws of contracts normally apply to employee-employee relationships. So that has to be in the back of our minds also. Are we, just, are we assuming that they're really the same and we just have to chip away at the edges? Or are we really trying to structure a different relationship between employee-employees than we are between purchasers in the market? Um, okay. Um, second question that I, wanted to that I wanted to ask is, we have... A Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Kolachuzerbo, Yodo ala Tachtona. Uh, when the Mishnah says, Kolachuzerbo, Yodo ala Tachtona, that's right, that, uh, that implies that whether it is, if, if we are in the context of employer employee relationships, and the simple reading of that Mishnah is it appears in the context of employer employee relationships. So the simple meaning of that is that um, we don't think that a poel can be Kolachuzerbo. Because we said, right? Because we say that Kolachos Ebrei Dola Tachtona. Does that mean that he that he can't be, or just that there's a, or that he he'll get a worse deal? Good. So we have two questions. The one question is maybe we have to distinguish between a claim that you're the right that you we can't bind you to specific performance. That's all what Choserbo means, or a claim that we can't disadvantage you in any way for doing that. Right? Those are two very different claims, and those again will tie back to the question of what right do we care about the purpose of the law or not. Right, if, we, right, if we just say, well, you can't have this kind of ownership, so you can't have this kind of ownership, okay? End discussion. But if we think that the, the goal is to preserve the freedom 
of employees to choose their labor. So we understand that there are lots of circumstances in which you right in which right we can impose penalties that are so severe that in practice you can't move. Right? I think I mentioned you some after after Shul one of them. There's a really there's a really easy way to make sure that a person cannot switch jobs right back out of their prior uh, prior employment even though they're not bound to do any work and that's just to make health insurance employment related. Now you can't leave. The risk is too great. Right? right, that's right. That's just like so. That's like a really simple way of concretizing of concret of concretizing the issue. Um, right, right. Is that there are all sorts of ways in which you, you can write a non compete agreement. Right. So do we right? Do we think that non compete agreements are against the letter or spirit of halacha, uh, or not? Now we could try and make the argument: No, a non compete agreement is really a kenyan, right? But no, right? We can right. That's not a unless you really wanted to go that way. There's no reason you should think that that's so. I'm not forcing you to do anything. All right? You're just committing not to do certain things. Okay. Yes, Marty. Can you, can you envision it as sort of a hybrid of moral and, um, you know, and, and uh, conceptual, or can somebody think a hybrid of sort of the moral concern for Abdu and with some you know, respect to at least the implicit, you know, the implicit so say, look, the Evan can leave, you can leave, right? No one can tie you down. But by starting, right, by, 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 by saying you'll do it and starting, you, you've engaged in an implicit contract, at, least, at the very least, right? And, and there gets some contractual um, obligations or consequences. So we have a couple of ways of doing it, right? So one way is to claim we, that we're, we'll put in moral, non-binding obligations, right? We'll just randomly, to cover the word for that, we'll call it taromit. Right, that's right. So that's one way. It's one way of addressing, of addressing the issue by saying, you know what? The, right, you're right. Right, but the law has to be one way. But we ha- we make our moral statements, in other cases. Um, another way of framing framing is to say, well, you know what? It's easy for me, you know, moralistically, to say we only care about that. But we don't only care about the employees. We are, we also we also other people have rights also. So the end. Right, we're only focusing on those things which are which are built on the on the employee, but in the end there'll be other imperatives, uh, right? And so those imperatives have to be balanced in some kind of way. Sometimes those imperatives are just the interests of the employer, who has right, who has a human being, who's enti- right, who's enti- right, who's entitled to return on their capital and all sorts of things like that. Sometimes it's the best way to balance the rights of the employee. So, for example, in a if you can't have binding contracts, so then you're not likely to have training programs. Because it's not worth the employer, right? The employer's interest to invest in the employee. So maybe we will allow, we should allow the employee to surrender some of their rights, uh, right? In order, right, for, right, for, in order for employment, right? That's a whole, right? So I think I think that's it, right. And the third way of doing it, which is the way I think is the most important, is that we're trying to construct. A legal, I'll call it in a second myself, right? That there, we're trying to set up a legal system. Legal systems always end up being formalized. And they have to end up being formalized because people need to be able to predict what's going to happen next. Um, right? So the way I generally tend to envision it is, and then also it becomes part of a legal system in which the, the moralistic analysis is not usually dominant. Right? They're all through halacha. There are people who, 
frame things as this is what the purpose of it is. And the people who frame things as what does the law say? Our job is just to follow the law. You're doing Tommy Hamitzvos, you're imposing your own morality on the system, and all sorts of things like that. So there's no way, even if you win one battle, that you can keep the law exactly focused the way you, the, the way you think it should go for the next 200 years. All right? So the law is always going to, the, the, the internal pressure of the development of the law will almost always be towards pure conceptualizations that regard to consequences. I would say that's sort of the default, is that law generates a technical jurisprudence. And, right, and what you, all you can do is try every once in a while to say, wow, that one really, go, that one, that one really went off the rails, right? We need to do something about it. So in, you know, in a, an American system, we do that by legislation. And Halakha used to do that to some extent by legislation also. And somebody who knows legislation, he has to do it by interpretation. All right, that's sort of, that's more, more what I envision mostly happening is that there's no way to avoid, right, law has to be formalized, contracts have to be formalized because you have to create expectations. Those, right, whenever you formalize, you're always going to end up with, with a set of consequences that don't actually achieve the purpose you want, but that aren't so obviously opposed to the purposes that, right, that you could just say, okay, well, you know, we're going to override the law in this case, that would, then there'd be no law, right, then we're just dealing with whatever the judge, the judge wants. We all understand there are cases where the employee is rich and the employer is poor, right, the, Right, that, right, there are ways in which we address going morally, and then we have, you know, a halachic principle. You're not allowed to favor the poor in their, right? So, right, all, right, so all those reasons, I don't think, right, you know, what I'm, I am, I guess, sort of assuming that all the pressure is against us, so I'm trying to hold this up, uh, and we'll see if we go as we go through, right, as we go through history, right, we'll see whether it's true or not, right? To what extent does the perspective I'm claiming as the Maharam, right, survive, survive, thrive, things like that? But I'm not, anyway, claiming that. Um, that you could, you know, that just based on what I've shown you, you would be able to predict what halacha looks like, and that if you can't predict it, so halacha is wrong, right? That halacha is wrong. And one of the things I hope we'll do is we'll um, we'll take a look. I think probably either at the Talmud Rashi or the Meiri or both, who instead of going through the sugyot, just give you a principled overview of halacha of employment law, and it's very long. <laughs> it goes on for pages and pages. Just like section, subsection, 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 right? And do all of those have outcomes that are right that are easily determinable by our interest in preventing slavery? No. I, I don't. I don't think that. Right. So I, I don't want to overstate my case, or at least I do want to overstate it, but I want you to realize I'm overstating it. Um, okay. Yes. Right. So for, I think where where I'm a little confused is, if, would you be suggesting that any infringement on the freedom, on, on freedom of employment, would be optive? Like meaning. I saw it with health insurance because you really bound your stuck, right? There I get. But the non-compete, you're not stuck. You're stuck in a particular area. So that now we're starting to draw lines, right? <laughs> but the, I'm, so I'm saying you're seeing a line as any sticking, right? You, the, the two just feel very different to me in how limiting they are. Good, right? I think that's right. I know I could I can say no, right? Any any right? The, the goal is right. We're absolute libertarians. People should get to make their own choices about what they want to do for work without anybody else's interference. And anybody else's capacity to constrain in any way my choice of work is a little bit of this. And we're against all forms of this, so therefore we're against that. You could say, no, right? Obviously, there's a line. And that doesn't come close to the line. But then we'll have all the limit cases, right? What happens if, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old and this is all I've done all my life? And now you're telling, right? So you understand it's different for a twenty, right? For a twenty-five-year-old who's made his billions on his on an internet company, right? You know, and, and for a sixty-year-old, uh, right? Who hasn't, right? So that, right, but I mean, law, right? And law can't distinguish between twenty-five-year-olds who just sold their .com, 
and sixteen-year-olds who have done a, right, who engaged in a single in a single craft for the past right for the past forty years and can't do anything else, right? So I think I think your point is entirely right, and yet right I think that you know that we can understand why each of these things can be driven, and part of the challenge, which I think is not realized in, in, you know, sufficiently in halacha, is that you can't write the law well enough to always get the result you want. Right? The analogy you know, I sort of like to give right, is uh, years ago when I interviewed an administrator and uh, they kept muttering under their breath, Baruch HaBitchak Tana, I didn't know what they meant. And finally I got it, it's from Rashi. Rashi, right, when Yaakov tells the love one, he says, Right, right, and Rashi says right that when you're dealing with a trickster, you got to spell it out Rachel, Bitcha, Haktana, right? Because maybe maybe he'll rename Raleigh. Right, I have two daughters. She's shorter, right? All sorts of things like that. But the point is, the the, you know, the ending moral of Rashi is it didn't work. Right, you can write the contract as precisely as you want, unless there's some kind of either either effective enforcement mechanism. Which cares about principles and not just about language, because it turns we just care about language and just whoever has a better lawyer. Right? You have to you have to create some kind of social social expectance, but the law by itself can't do it. And sometimes, because you, you can't think of everything, sometimes the law is going to have you know counter counter principled um, results. Sometimes because you just didn't think of it right. Sometimes because the other side thought you know found a loophole and drove a truck through. Sometimes because society changes. And the same law that was really effective at doing what you wanted 20 years ago is not anymore because something radical has shifted. Right? You know, think about the different effects of what a clause in a contract about working from home would have had three years ago mm-hmm. in terms of freedom. Right? Right? So that, right? So I think that those are all things. Okay. Do you have a question? Okay. Um, okay. So, but I was bringing us back to so the line for the Choser Tachtona. So Ian's right. Ian said correctly that the first thing we have to figure out is, right, which I already talked about, right, whether we have an absolute principle, um, and all we care about is whether, right, is whether you can be choserbo, and as long as you have a way of being choserbo, that's enough, or whether our goal is to eliminate most all, right, impediments to choice, right, to choice of employment, uh, right, free, or at least freedom, freedom to leave. Um, but the second question now is again halachically. So there's a mishnah. The mishnah says kol choserbo yodalatachton. Pashtas, that contradicts Rav. It says, Does Rabbi Yochanan, uh, is Rabbi Yochanan compelled to paskin like this Mishnah because it's a Stam Mishnah? And Rabbi Yochanan says, Halachik is Stam Mishnah? Can we just, like, all my issues about, right, how we, but how right, I said, like, how do we really, how do we really possibly whether Balabai can be Choserba or not, right? We haven't seen anything about that. We can just solve that by saying, well, this is a Mishnah. Everything starts from there. Right? So that's what I want to say. Right? Is, that, is, that a, is that a fair way of thinking about the halachic system? There's a rule, and we're bound by that rule. Okay. So now let's take a look at um, page two. And now we're actually going to look again at Bavli, Bavli Messiah. <laughs> uh, right? The promised land. Yes, sir. It's not as clear to me that there's the contradiction. I guess I don't necessarily agree that the process of the Mishnah contradicts Rav. I, to me, I, I see the simple explanation in Mishnah the, to be the way Ian was explaining. Okay. But for Rav Yochanan, it definitely does contradict, right? Because he explicitly says that the um, Balabayat cannot be Chazerbo, whereas the Mishnah clearly implies that um, that 
So if you take the language consistently in all places, then you're right. Uh, right? And then we could say, okay, so since so the Rehokhan says, then it must be that, that the Bavli rejects the, the, the Yerushalmi's report of Rehokhan. Because the Yerushalmi reports Rehokhan is disagreeing with the Mishnah, but he can't. Right, so we'll have a machlokus in the Bavli Yerushalmi about whether Rehokhan holds this principle or not, in which case we'll follow the rule that we follow the Bavli of the Yerushalmi, right? And we, right, just point out, we, we can construct whole Shurim just based on those rules, if we want to, right? That takes a set of assumptions. We can construct it very differently if we don't go with it and say, right, and say no, the right, doesn't mean that you can't do it. Right? And we can do it either way. We can say, Rav Yochanan says, all he means is that the Poel can be without penalty, whereas the Balabayas pays penalties. Right? There are all sorts of ways in which we can construct it. I guess I don't see any way to construct it where Rav Yochanan does not contradict the Mishnah. Uh, the way the Okay, I have to say the Mishnah says Kol Chazerbo at best Yodol Tachtona. Okay, you don't buy it. Fine, I don't need you to buy it. Okay, if somebody else says it, then we'll have to right, then we'll have to then we'll have to come back to it if it's not me anymore. Okay. Okay, so let's take a look at the at the Gemara Mavitzia. Okay, the Gemara Mavitzia after the whole long discussion that we all you know remember. Yeah, so lucidly, I don't have to review it at all about what the Okimta of the opening Mishnah of the Perak is. Quotes a Brita. And we're going to treat this Brita in isolation for the moment. The Brita says the following It starts off with an opening case of Hasokert Umnen, and they trick the owner, the owner tricks them, they only have a Taromet. We don't care what that means. Then it has, then it has an, uh, right, then it says that only applies, that rule that they, don't ha- that they have no financial claims against each other only applies if the workers. Have not started their work, right? If they, if right, if either, if right, if either side backs out before the worker even begins to work, so then there are no penalties either way. There's nothing other than moral complaints. The issue that we care about is what happens if the workers have started their work, and now they want to quit halfway. Okay, so when we say there's only a taromet that they have no financial claims. That's only if they didn't start the work. Right? So we're on, on line, uh, line, the fifth line on page two. Shamin lahem mashe asu. Okay, so we evaluate what they did. So not at all clear what those words mean. So the Gemara and Rashi together are going to desperately struggle to explain to us what that means. Ketzad, what's the case? Kiblu, right? Kiblu kamalik sor So they were mekabel. We have to remember that word later. All right, they something some kind of agreement occurred that they would harvest a certain amount of wheat for two slain. So they're not being paid by the hour, it seems, they're being paid by the by the task. The and they get halfway through the task and now they want to back out. They're supposed to, to, to weave a garment and they weave it halfway through. So they said, two slaim for the whole right for that amount of wheat, two slaim for the whole garment. Now they're halfway through. So what do they get? They have done one sella. Okay. Now this again, as we've talked, this is a this is a um, a pure case, right? There are lots of cases in which it's not not obvious, right? That the, maybe the part they did isn't so highly skilled, but it's more efficient to hire, right? All sorts of ways which we can complicate the case economically. Right? We're dealing with a hypothetical, right? Where right? Where even though they're paid by the piece. 
that right, we treat their work as a commodity. Right? It's worth it. Everything they do is worth exactly the same amount. And if anyone else did it, it would be worth exactly the same amount. Okay. So, so what does that mean that we, we measure what they did? So Rashi says, Suppose what they did was worth 60 dinarim. So now Rashi says, don't think that, it doesn't mean what you think it means. What it means is that at current labor prices, that half the work is worth six dinarim, meaning that, the, 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 that what they contracted for eight dinarim is now worth 12. Therefore, right, so now the question is, how do we pay them? Do we pay them, well, you did, you, you did four, so you get four, and now the, 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 empl- the employer who thought he had a deal to get the whole job done for eight has to pay 10. Or do we say, right, or do we say no, the employer has a deal to get done for eight, they're responsible to allow him to get it done for eight. So therefore, they only get two. Okay, so the first position says that, um, right, that we give them half no matter what. Right, they contracted to eight, they did half, they get four, even if that means, right, that there's an additional cost to the employer. That's what Shami Masha assume means. Or they can finish the job. Okay? Whereas if everything stayed the same, right, then he gives them half the work, and Rashi says, and the Gemara is going to ask Pshita. Okay, well, watch what Rashi said about the first line, right? Rashi says, Benims, right, Shimhaya Bali scores Sakhir Lechetz, right, hey, Yefeshi Shardinim, right, that's the beginning of the line, right? So the, the work that they've done is now worth 60 Narim. Shimhaya Bali scores Sakhir Lechetzia, and no Motsei Bifachos Mishisha Dinarim. So if the owner has to replace them, the replacement cost for what they are now backing out of, is one and a half slain. Okay, right, 16, 16 aren't. So the owner will lose, now be careful what he's losing, he's not losing anything in cash, what he's losing is relative to what he had contracted for. Right, if we were doing a really sophisticated analysis, we'd have to try and figure out why did prices go, is it general inflation? In which case he doesn't really lose anything, or is it, or is it specific inflation and the cost of labor? Right. Also, again, we're dealing with a pure economic case. We're not dealing with a real, right, with a with a, with a real um, alive case, which has multiple factors. So Rashi says, right. So we don't evaluate the contract um, based on what the employer has to pay to finish it. But rather, what means. According to Rashi, while, right, we evaluate what they did according to the worth of the original contract. And now Rashi adds in the kicker. He says, Because the author of our Mishnah, sorry, the author of this Brayta, sorry, the author of this Brayta, rejects the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Here these workers have been Choserbo, they backed out in mid-contract, and they're not losing. They get paid exactly what, right? They get, they get their contracted salary regardless. All right, so Rashi says that the, the anonymous first position in this Brayta rejects the anonymous Mishnah in our parish. As opposed to, right, then we have the other position, which is um, Rabbi Dosa, and Rashi says, Who is Rabbi Dosa? Rabbi Dosa, Rabbi Dosa rules, um, right, like the Tanavar Mishnah, that if you, that if you renege, you pay, you pay, so they should, only, they only get two, because they have to pay for the change in price since the contract. 
because they're backing, backing out of the contract. They can finish the contract if they want. But, right, but if they don't want to finish the contract, then they have to pay a contemporary cost because they are the ones who broke the deal. So at the end of the day, what we say is that um, Rabbi Dosa rules against the... Rabbi Dosa rules like the Stam Mishnah, and, um, and the Tanakama rules against the Stam Mishnah. So that should mean that Rabbi Yochanan has to rule like Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Yochanan rules like a Stam Mishnah. And the Stam Mishnah is Rabbi Dosa, that's right? So by our law of transfers, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, right? So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan must rule like Rabbi Dosa. All right, all very good. And therefore, if Rav Yochanan disagrees with Rav, therefore Rav must disagree with Rabbi Dosa. All right, so, right, so if, we, if we were now to import the Yerushalmi into the Bavli, we would say that Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan holds like Rabbi Dosa, which means, he, right, which means he, holds like, he holds like the Mishnah. Rav disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan, therefore Rav disagrees with Rabbi Dosa, therefore Rav disagrees with the Stam Mishnah. Okay, let's see what actually happens. So now we're going to go to the Gemara on Bav Messiah, Daf Ayin Zaman Aleph, from page three. Okay, so we begin by uh, by quoting our Brayta. Shamin lahem, we quote the Tanakama, right? Shamin lahem et Mashiasu. Okay, and then right, the, I put a lot of stuff in. I put a lot of stuff in in smaller print, but right, we're only going to do the stuff in slightly larger print, which means we're only going to do the basic framing of the Machloket between the Tanakama and Rabbi Dosa and the Brayta. So here's a Rav. So Rashi says, right, what it, what it, right, or Gemara says first, right, what do we know about the Tanakama? Kasavi Rabbanon Yad Poel Alho Elyona, Ba'afiluhu Chozerbo. So the Tanakama, uh, right, the Tanakama holds that the Poel, not just, not just that the Poel is even, but the Poel is on top, even when he backs out. Ba'afiluhu Chozerbo, Jechol Achzorbo, Kedichsiv, Ki Avadayheim, Velo Avadim Avadim. And the pole is allowed to back out, um, right? Because right, because he's because the achol achzorbo, right? So we can translate afilu chozerbo the achol, right? So the way Rashi and the Gemara really seems to understand Tanakama is not like the way Ari did, but the way right, but the way I did, which is to say that there's an equivalence between the right to back out and the ability to back out without penalty. Right? He quotes the verse: "Kevadai heim lavadim lavadim." Teaches that the poll, if the poll, when the poll backs out, the poll gets gets the economic advantage over the over the owner if there's a if there's if there's if there's land to uh, to split. Okay, Tosfos, however, is careful to say Yad poll al Yona, I put in the brackets. Kilomar ain't al tachtonu. Right, it's not right. So it's a little bit more careful, right? The poll isn't poll doesn't suffer. But it's not as if you're going to allow the poll to advantage. But it's still not reading it the way Ari wants to read it, right? It's still reading it that, right, that the ability to back out means the ability to back out without penalty. Okay, good. So the right, so the so the Tanakama holds Yad Poel Al Ha'Oyona, whereas skip down there it says Rabbi Dosa Amar, Shamilat Masha Tidleyasod. What does he hold? He holds Yad Poel Al Tachtona. Okay, so let's so, now, so how do we have this now? We have the the Tanakama. Quotes the pasuk Kiavodaihem, says the poel wins. Whose position is that? Rav, right? And Rabbi Dosa says that the poel right, certainly doesn't get an advantage, maybe even loses. Right? The poel gets paid less than the original contract. That's Rabbi Dosa's position. Right? Doesn't have a pasuk for it. 
So that must be Rabbi Yochanan, which is what we want, right? That was all great. Rabbi Yochanan rules like Islam Mishnah, rules like Rabbi Dosa. So Rav, who rules against Rabbi Yochanan, must rule against Islam Mishnah, against Rabbi Dosa, and we know exactly where this is going, right? You all know exactly where this is going, right? Yeah. Next big line, of course, right? The next page, we skip the next right? we go down to it says, Amar Rav, Halacha Kirabi Dosa. Whoops! Everything went backwards. How can Rav say the Halacha is like Rabbi Dosa? How can Rav say Yad, yad Paul Al Taktona? Okay, well, we could just go home now, very, very confused. <laughs> Um, now we can make it. We can make this a little bit worse. I think we probably should make this a little bit worse before we make it better. So let's um, let's go now to page four. Um, and this will get us back to the stuff we did in Kol Hara, right? So now I, I think I'll be Mikhaim. I promise that we're going to tie everything together. So in the Gemara Bavakama, right? So we have a we have Rav Yosef sits Achori Rabbi Abba in front of Rav Huna, and Rav Huna sits down and says Halachik Rabbi Shuv and Karka Halachik Rabbi Huda. Rav Yosef turns his face around. I was reading Rav Yosef Lapay. Amar, he says, I understand why you had to say the halacha is like Rav Shul ben Karcha, because I would have thought that Rav Shul ben Karcha is the Yachid, and Yachid Rabbi Malachal Kirabim, so I would have thought he loses. So you have to tell me that here the halacha follows, right, follows the minority. Right? So I understand why you said halacha Rav Shul ben Karcha, because you have to state it when you paskin against the rules. Okay, but you're allowed to paskin against the rules. Good, okay. El halachic Rabbi Huda Lamali, but why did you have to tell me the halacha is like Rabbi Huda? Okay, why not? Why would, why would I not expect a lachik Rabbi Yehuda? Because he says, Because on the issue, which is, we're all waiting for to find out what the issue is, the issue is, on the, whatever the issue is, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda is the, um, is, is the, there's a stam that paskins like Rabbi Yehuda, and it's a stam in the context of machlokis v'acharkachstam. Therefore, why, are, why did you bother saying the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda? So the Gemara is going to go off on a tangent now and say, okay, what are we talking about? And it turns out, what we're talking about is there's a Mishnah in Bavakama which says that if I hand a, a craftsman a piece of wool and say, dye this red, and the craftsman dyes it black, what's the halacha? So the mayor says halacha is the craftsman pays me for my wool and takes it home, whether black is better or worse than red. Rabbi says that no, I get to choose. Either, right, if it turns out I make a bigger profit, right, if I pay the craftsman for his materials and I make a bigger profit taking the wool home, then that's great. And if not, I'll tell the craftsman, pay me, right, pay me for the wool, right, and, and we'll, uh, and you, you take, you take the results. Okay. So then the governor says, now we have a, our mission. Our mission says, Kol Remember, there's two consecutive phrases. One is Kol and the other is Kol so, Takhtona is Rabbi Huda's position, because he's saying that, look, he's the one who dyed it the wrong color, so he doesn't get to choose whether he wants to buy the wool or not. I get to choose whether I want to buy the wool or not. And his hand is underneath mine, because he did the wrong thing, because he was Mishanet. So, that's an example of Machlokas Vachar Kachstam. Okay, all good. The Gemara goes through a whole back and forth of whether this really is Machlokas Vachar Kachstam, because it's not the same Mesefta, but it is the same Mesefta, remember, because all the bubbles are one big Mesefta. And the end, the Gemara says, you know what? Maybe the reason that Rav Yosef thought this was obvious is not because it's an ordinary case of Machlokas Vachar Kachstam, because he agrees, you know what, all above is one Mesechta, that's a little bit cheap. We don't look at it as one Mesechta. But what he says instead, Mishum de Katanila, 
Gabe Hilchasa Pesikta. Because this line, Kolamashena Bayodal Tachtona, is in the context of Hilchasa Pesikta, so it certainly wins. What's mean in the context of Hilchasa Pesikta? It's in this series, Kolamashena Bayodal Tachtona, Kolachazer Bayodal Tachtona. Now, why does that give it greater authority? So we, now we move to Rashi. Rashi says, this stam, which says is certainly a winning stam. Right, we have that hasn't taught us anything we didn't know yet. Because doesn't belong there at all. It's really supposed to be in Bavakama. Right, but Messiah is not talking about when you right when you when people do the wrong thing. You're talking about backing out. So it's throwing so it throws it in the wrong place. It's the only time we're trying to frame it. The only reason it's there is obviously, remember we talked about last time, is the Mishnah in code or not? So there's a new kind of claim about code of the Mishnah, which is that if you put a halachic line in somewhere where it doesn't belong, then you really must be trying to paskin like that, paskin like it. Okay. And you write it, particularly if you put it in a context where it's obvious what you're just doing is stating these rules. Right? right? It's part of this series of lines. This must be a really super powerful line. How do I know? Here's Rashi's key line. Because nobody ever argued with these principles. Uh, what? Didn't we just see a whole sugya in which, right, which, right, in which um, the Tanakama of the Brighta disagreed with our Stam Mishnah. So here we have a whole claim that right that this is a super halacha, right Stam Mishnah, which we must paskin like. And Rashi says, but why must we paskin like it? Why would we have to paskin like Kol if we don't paskin like Kol Choser? Right. So this is right, really really puzzling. It doesn't get really doesn't really get much uh, much better if you try and look at the. Uh, Right, so Rashi in Avodazara with the same sugya appears, um, right, doesn't really doesn't really say anything better, doesn't really improve the matter at all, I don't think, for our purposes. Tosfos raises the question. Tosfos says, Am I curry la hilka subsikta la yi de kolochoser bedo tachtona? Hoba perka omnen lukmin lak yechidak, rabbi dosa, rabbanan pligiele. Right? What are you claiming that Kolochoserbo's unanimous position is not? It's not even a majority position. It's a minority position. Rav Paskin, right? Uh, right, Rav Paskin's. But now it's an interesting line, but it's proven there that Rav doesn't hold like Rabidosa. Hang on a sec. How can it be proven that Rav doesn't hold like Rabidosa? Rav says, Allah like Rabidosa. Right, so it must be that now we have to go back to this. It must be that the Gemara does something very complicated that ends up saying when Rav says halachic rabidosa, what it really means is halacha is not like rabidosa. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that sounds like a neat trick. That sounds like it, right? That sounds like a neat trick. So now let's go back to that sugya and see if we can figure out how on earth did the Gemara get get Rav get Tosfos get the statement Amar Rav halachic rabidosa to mean Rav doesn't hold like rabidosa. So now we're back on page. Um, Back on page three, and we're right, right, and we're right, right after the line Amarav Hachi Kravidosa, which is the, the asterisk. So the Gemara says, "Umi Amarav Hachi." 
Did Rav really say Halacha is like Rabbi Dosa? So now the Gemara has um, it has a problem. Hang on a sec. How can you claim that Rav holds Rabbi Dosa, which means which means Yad Pol Tachtona, if Rav says Pol Yachol Achzorbo Bechatsi Hayom? Meaning the Gemara still was not willing to consider Arya's pshat. Uh, right, it assumes that if you say Pol Yachol Achzorbo, it means that you can't say Yadol Tachtona. Okay, so what are we supposed to do about that? So the Gemara says, well, you know what? The Chitema Shani Leil Rabbi Dosa. Maybe Rabbi Dosa makes a distinction between two kinds of employees, a sachir and a kablan. What's the difference between a sachir and a kablan? A sachir, says Rashi, is a sachir yom, meaning a person who is paid by the day. Whereas a kablan, so let's read what Rashi says, the gabe sachirut, ita lahai tam hem v'lavadim lavadim. So the underlying rationale that Jews can't be avadim to avadim of God, that applies well to a sachir. Aval bekablanut, But a worker who is a kablan is only a slave to themselves. Rabbi Dosa bekablanut mari katani kiblu kamaliksor udarav Okay, so the Gemara is going to claim. You know what? There's no contradiction because in that particular, in that in that particular, Brita, Rabbi the Machlokas in Rabbi Dosa and the Chachamim, is only about a kablan, and not about a, a right, and not about a sachir, and the Machloka between Tanakama and Rabbi Dosa is about whether the cons, let's say let's say the cons, Rav's concern applies to a kablan as well as a sachir. And Rav said, right, Rav, who is, the, who is the owner of the principle that you can't be an Evid, doesn't extend it to a Sakhir, although the Tanakama, the, the Tanakama there did. Okay, but now, the difference in a Kablan and a Sakhir can't really be framed in terms of a Kenyan. Probably. Right, it sounds like we have to have some kind of notion of what it means to be an Evid. And the notion of what it means to be an Evid. Right according, to, right, according to Rashi, does not apply to a Kablan, but now we have to figure out right, employment is not so easily divisible that you can just say right, only two kinds of workers. Right, it's a, right, a Sakhir Yom and a Kablan. There might be all sorts of, all sorts of, all sorts of arrangements, but we have to try and figure out how are we going to, right, how are we going to figure out the, um, the, right, the, rela- the relationship, uh, the, re- the relationship among, um, among these. Um, Okay, so the Gemara writes. So the, the, in the end of the day, um, the Gemara sa- the Gemara says, "Hang on a sec, right? Does, does Rabbi Dosa really make that distinction? Right? Maybe Rabbi Dosa doesn't make this. Right? We don't believe that Rabbi Dosa made that distinction. We think Rabbi Dosa said Yad Paul Tachtona, even in the case of a poem. Okay, and they try and prove that from another brayta, uh, right? Where right where the, um, where uh, right where a poel loses, where, where it's clear that it's a poel who presumably is a skiryom, and he loses, and according right, and according to Rabbanon, he should never lose because Rabbanon say Yadoa even if he's right in any in all cases. So therefore, this must be a text of Rabidosa. Rabidosa must right. So Rabidosa must um, must not make this distinction. So Rabbi Yitzchak says, you know what? No, that whole brisa where you attempted to prove things about Rabidosa is um, right is false, and we're left with the um, with the possibility. Of making this distinction, um, okay. In the end, so the Gemara says, "Tnan, 
We know what we need this rule here. The purpose of this rule, of the rule out of place, right? So now it's a circularity, right? Why is this rule here? This rule here is to teach us that it's a super psak. So it's not really out of place, because the only way you can make a point of saying this is for psak is by putting something out of place. So we get into a sort of wild circularity there. So then why do we have a kolachazerba which isn't out of place? It must be coming to tell me that we hold like Rabbi Dosa even by poel. And now our Mishnah, right, now our Mishnah when it says kolachazerba rejects Rav utterly. So Rav can't him like Rabbi Dosa at all. Uh, so the Gemara ends up, you know, saying, you know, Rav doesn't really hold like Rabbi Dosa. Rav holds like Rabbi Dosa about Kablon. Rabbi Dosa said that the poel's yad is always on the, on, on, on the bottom. And Rav said the poles, the pole, the, that the pole's hand is on top by, by, when it comes to a skiryom, but he agrees with Rabbi Dosa in the case of a kablan. Right? So that's how Rav, we can end up saying that Rav holds both like Rabbi Dosa and, and not like Rabbi Dosa. But what's left for us, right? And we'll break, we'll break here we'll, we'll, and we'll get back into it. I didn't do a great job of the details at the end, so we'll, we'll, we'll get deeper into the grimy details of the mechanics of how, of how we pasca next time and try and complicate it one more step. Um... But the conceptual point, right, moral point I want to end out of here is that it turns out that if Rashi is correct, that we do care about morality, but morality is complicated because there are kinds of employees who, right, are kinds of employees who we don't care holding right, suffering for reneging because they're only Avadim Latzmo. So what does that mean, right? What, right, what does that mean that there's some, some employees are slaves and some employees are not? Okay, so we'll leave it at that. Next door, and uh, some rugelata in the uh, hallway for anyone that likes.